welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Today, I am chatting with the one and only John Bevere. So admittedly, this is a short conversation. John was a little bit limited on time, but trust me when I tell you that he packed hours worth of wisdom into our short time together. We are talking about his newest book, Multiply Your God-Given Potential, and how we have to learn to think differently about our calling and about our potential, no matter if we are on a stage in front of millions or if we are covered in spit up and children, that there is purpose and potential in every situation. John, hey, welcome to the show. Blake, it's an honor and a privilege to be on the program with you. I am so excited. We are kind of like becoming the Bevere show. We were talking before we started recording. Lisa was on the show just a couple of weeks ago, and then your sons are hopefully going to be on the show in a few weeks. So people are getting their fair share. It's great. <laughs> I'm so proud of our sons and of Lisa. You're looking at a real happy dad here. It's really a privilege. I mean, all four of our sons work with us at Messenger International and worked for us for years. And it just it's just so amazing to see how God has gifted each of them uniquely in what they mm-hmm. do. And so, yeah, we have a lot of fun as a family. What a gift to not only, I think that's every parent, every, you know, Jesus loving parents hope is that your kids love Jesus as much, if not more than you do and walk in their gifts. And then you get to do it all alongside them, which is, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. And your hope is they go further. Right. Exactly. I think Lisa and I actually talked about that. She was like, I want to be behind you going, go, go like you're doing great. So I love that. And that actually is a seamless transition into what we're talking about. We're talking about your new book X and why the multiplication of our faithfulness and of our gifts is so important. It's a tongue twister, Blake. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. It's multiply your God-given potential. That's the subtitle. Yeah. A lot of people are, you know, you can tell we got a lot of millennials working for us. So, I've ne- you know, I thought it was quite risky to call the book X. Well, it's really not X. It's the multiplication signal is the title of the book. And the subtitle is multiply your God-given gifts. So I just said to my team, because they were all like, oh, we love this. We love this. I was like, okay, let's just do it. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about the heart of the book and what people you, what you want people to walk away from reading it. Well, I mean, let me, let me share a story with you. I was with one of our partners and he kind of got vulnerable with me. He's, he would just turn 50 years old and he said, Hey, John, and he's very successful. He's given heavily, you know, we've given away over 41 million resources to pastors and leaders in uh, 226 nations and 111 languages. Well, he's very significantly given towards these efforts. And he just said, you know, he said, I've really worked my tail off 
and I'm worth over $9 million. My wife and kids are cared for life. He said, John, I'm turning 50. Why should I work during the decade of the 50s as hard as I've worked up till now? I see, you know, everything's good. And I knew it was a moment, Blake. And I looked inside and said, God, what do I say to him? And it was like the Holy Spirit gave me an answer. I said, okay, let me respond to this with a different scenario. I said, at that time, I've written 17 books. They're in over 100 languages. I've gotten on planes, traveled to over 60 countries, spoken on major platforms, fought jet lag, stayed in little tiny 400 square foot hotel rooms, 200 nights a year, experienced very different cultures, very different foods. My wife and kids are cared for for life. Why should I get on another plane? Why should I write another book? And he laughed at me, Blake. He said, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes when you face Jesus. And I said, Stan, you just said the exact same thing as I said. Hmm. I remember the smile left his face and he said, what are you talking about? I said, Stan, every one of us, every one of us are called to build the kingdom of God. And every one of us for where the arena of life that God sends us into have been given unique gifts. And these gifts are actually God's ability on our life. Mm -hmm. And I said, we can do one of three things with these gifts. We can use them to build ourselves. We can use them to build a kingdom as intended, or we can just sit on them and not use them at all. And I said, you know what the problem is, Dan? You see my gifts, writing and speaking, and you've connected my dots on building the kingdom. The problem is you haven't connected your dots. Mm. And I think that's what's happened with probably over 90% of the Christians in America. Uh, Let me give you another example. Uh, This one will really drive it home. A friend of mine has a church of over 30,000 people. He's a close friend. And every year he does a conference where leaders come in. And every year this conference sells out. And uh, he has an extremely well-known medical doctor in his church. And he was walking through the auditorium one day before the conference. And there was the medical doctor putting pamphlets on the seat of the delegates that were coming in the next day. And he rushed over and said, Doc, Doc, we have volunteers and interns who can do this. You don't need to be doing this. And he said, the doctor rebuked me. Mm. And he said, in a very respectful way, he rebuked me. He said, Pastor, I take one week off my medical practice every year to build the kingdom. Please don't take this from me. And I've wept over this. I was on a podcast three weeks ago and I started crying Mm -hmm. because that doctor sees himself in the secular 51 weeks a year. He's earning a living. And he only gets to be in the sacred one week a year. See, for most Christians, they're in the sacred when they're in their 90 minutes of church on Sunday. They're in their morning devotionals. They're listening to you on a podcast. They're reading a book. That's when they're in their sacred. But all the rest of the time, they're in the secular. And it's really heartbreaking because God's called us to be 24-7 in the sacred. Mm -hmm. And what people don't understand is that God has called all of us you know, I mean, over 90% of us not to be in vocational quote ministry. Yeah. And let me just say this. Let's just really be gut level honest. When you hear somebody say she has a call of God on her life, where does your mind go? Oh, she's called to full-time vocational ministry, worship leader, missionary, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. No, every single one of us have a call of God on our life. And then God gives us these supernatural giftings. Now, these giftings are not our own personal abilities. They're actually his ability. I mean, my worst subject in high school was English and creative writing. Yeah. Then when God spoke to me and said, I want you to write, now the books are in the tens of millions. They're in 129 languages. Mm -hmm. So 
my English teachers would faint if they knew that I was an international best-selling author. What happened was when God spoke to me, that ability came on my life because I obeyed. And now the books are in the tens of millions. But now here's what really concerns me is these giftings, they're not natural abilities. They're actually supernatural abilities. And every one of us have at least one or many, right? If you look at the parable of the talents, one guy got one, one guy got two, one guy got five, right? Okay. Now, this is what a lot of us think. Well, if I live a godly life and I'm kind and I'm following the ways of Jesus, the gifts will automatically work in my life. The answer is emphatically no. No. You say, what? What? Okay. (laughs) You look at Timothy, you will not find a more godly man in the whole New Testament. Paul wrote to the whole Philippian church and said, there is no man I've ever met with more godly character than Timothy. But then Paul has to write to Timothy in the first letter and say, hey, Timothy, the gift of God in your life is not operating. Stir it up. Mm. Then he writes the second letter, the gift of God in your life is not operating. Stir it up. So because our giftings, the majority of our giftings are outside of the four walls of the church, we don't see them as valuable valuable because we don't see them as sacred. Hmm. Yes, they are sacred. So if your giftings, that your supernatural abilities that God's given you lie in the medical field, you're in the medical field, they'll operate well in the medical field. If it's in the marketplace, they'll operate well in the marketplace. And so this book's purpose is to help people identify their gifts, to develop their gifts, and to multiply their gifts. I feel like I just drank out of a fire hydrant of knowledge in the best way. That's like the highest compliment I can pay. I feel like I just got to experience like a mini sermon. It was so good. So if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know that I am a huge advocate for counseling. I am super open about my personal mental health struggles and even more so how counseling has made such a massive impact. And so in the midst of some of the weirdest times, I am super excited to partner with Faithful Counseling to bring you affordable and accessible online Christian counseling. You get matched with your counselor within 24 hours and you can start talking. You can do texting. You can do calls. You can do video conferences. If you don't immediately jive with your counselor, you can switch and they price on a sliding scale. So it's always going to be affordable. And I really just cannot sing their praises enough, as well as the people that I have been able to connect with their services. I constantly get DMs from people just thanking me for telling them about it. So I wanted to tell you about it. You can get 10% off of your first month with Faithful Counseling by going to getfaithful.com slash crappy Christian and connect with a counselor and start getting the help that you need today. And one of the things I wanted to talk about specifically, you touched on, is this vocational, quote unquote, vocational ministry idea. The people that are on the stages, or even if they're not on the stages, the people with the thousands of Instagram followers or the book sales, you know, that we have in 2020 made those better. We've made them more important. We've made them more desirable. And I think the church is paying a price because of it. Let me stop you right there. I looked at Stan and I said, hey, Stan, my gifts are seen. I'm on platforms. 
your gifts are not seen. And my Bible tells me that the parts of the body that are not seen are more valuable, more important. We put more honor on than the parts that are seen. Let me give you an example. You can live without a leg. I actually played golf against a guy in high school who had one arm. Mm. He didn't have a prosthetic. He literally played golf with one arm. Yeah. Now you can live without a leg. You can live without an, an arm, but you can't live without a liver. And I've never seen anybody walk up to somebody say, oh my gosh, what a liver you've got. Blake, it's magnificent. No, they never ever say that. Why? Because it's a not seen part, Mm -hmm. but you can't live without it. You can live without the leg. The leg gets attention. Oh, she's got a great set of legs. He's got a great set of legs. So here's the thing. I communicated to Stan that day. I said, Stan, your gifts are actually more valuable than mine. You know, um, I had a a multi-billionaire asked to have a meeting with me last year. And I was getting ready to speak at a very large conference in Dallas. And the coordinator of the whole conference said, look, this multi-billionaire really wants to meet with you. He's actually flying his plane around the country, meeting with a couple ministers and, and he wants to meet with you. I said, sure. He wants you to minister to him. I said, sure. So we had a three hour lunch. And do you know, I realized after that lunch, I went into that lunch for him to minister to me, not me to him, mm. because this is what he said to me, Blake. This is amazing when you hear this. He said, you know, John, he said, um, I knew I was called to marketplace, but I was floundering. And he said, I was getting all my information from very well-known business books, right? New York Times bestselling books, right? And he said, I'm filling myself with all this knowledge. He said, but I'm floundering in my business. And he said, one day I'm sitting in church and he said, the thought hits me. My pastor's called to do that because his pastor was right in the middle of giving the message for Sunday morning. He said, my my pastor's called to do what he's doing right there, but he depends on the Holy Spirit to do it. He said, now I'm called to the marketplace. Why don't I depend on the Holy Spirit? So you know what he did? He got a notepad and he put it down on his desk every morning. He said, Holy Spirit, what are we doing today? And the Holy Spirit started telling him to do some very unconventional things. Mm -hmm. And he thought, I made up my mind. I was going to listen. And he said, so I started doing what the Holy Spirit told me to do. And he said, John, you know, I own 20 hospitals in Vietnam. I own the second largest bank in the world. And he started going through all the stuff that he's, he owns. And he said, all this has come by the most unconventional ways. And I couldn't think of a better reason of why, because I, I think of the stay home moms that don't understand how valuable mm. their giftings are. I think about the nurse that goes into the ER room every single evening, the firemen. And what they don't understand is they're not earning, just earning a living. They are actually called into these realms, but they can be just like this businessman. They're having a normal life like everybody else that's not saved, or they can become Daniel's. Because if you look at Daniel, the Bible says Daniel distinguished distinguished himself among the government officials of Babylon. Now, when you stop and think about it, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Daniel was raised in this little country called Israel. He's brought into the most powerful nation of the world. I mean, United States is nothing compared to Babylon. Babylon was number one in education, the arts and science and military and economics. We're number 26 in the world in education, Okay. <laughs> So you can't think United States. This nation is like tops, top, tops. Now, all these government leaders have been taught by the finest scientists, the most knowledgeable teachers, the best leaders in the world. Daniel's not been taught by those guys. He comes in from this country, but the king interviews him and his three friends, 
And he determines that they're 10 times smarter, wiser, more innovative and creative. Daniel starts coming up with ideas that nobody had ever thought of. He starts getting promoted like crazy. What is he doing? He's shining. Jesus said, let your light shine that men will see your good works that they're wrought in God. Jesus didn't say, let your light shine that men will hear your good words. Mm -hmm. It's see your good works. How does Daniel get the king and everybody else's attention? Because he's operating supernaturally. He's operating in the gifting on his life. And you see, the spirit of God was only on him. Whereas in the New Testament, the spirit of God is not only on us, he's in us. Mm -hmm. And that's why Jesus said, John John the Baptist was greater than Daniel. And don't compare the two. Daniel's a government leader. John's a minister. But he said the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John, which means the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than Daniel. Mm. So why aren't we distinguishing ourselves in our arenas of influence? It's because 98% of us, and this is an actual poll, a survey, 98% of us don't realize that the giftings that are on our life are supernatural empowerments that cause us to distinguish ourselves in a realm of influence. Mm-hmm. That's what this book is aimed to do. Well, and I think about my my best friend in the whole world is a stay-at-home mom. She homeschools. The way that she stewards her gifts is clearly supernatural. I mean, she is an inc- and she would obviously be dying listening and I say these things to her all the time but she's an incredible mother she is an incredible homemaker she's an incredible teacher and watching her function confidently in her god-given gifts and not looking side to side and thinking yeah. is there something bigger is there something more important but just like knowing where god put her and doing it is one of the coolest things that I get to experience because it doesn't have that traditional what we've made important things to look like. You know, one of my passions is stay home moms. Um, in the book, I actually, I don't know if you got to this section yet, because I know you you have all so many interviews. <laughs> How can you read all of our books, right, Blake? But there's actually <laughs> an entire section in the book where I tell a story of how a single mom can impact millions of people mm. and see never, and never know it until the judgment seat of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's the burden. You know, here, here's the thing. If I can communicate to these stay home moms or these nurses in the ER room or these ladies that are cutting people's hair, if I can communicate to them how valuable the gift of God on their life is, then they'll have, now hear me, hear me well on this. They'll have the same passion that mother Teresa had, mm. that mother, that Billy Graham had. You see, this is why passion lacks in believers, because they don't realize the value of who they are and what they do. You know, everybody's got two very important questions to answer, identity and purpose. Mm -hmm. Identity, we've done a really good job on in the church, that we're identified in Christ, that we're sons and daughters of God. Mm -hmm. But I believe where we've really lacked is purpose. And you know, Jesus made this statement, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finished his work. Mm-hmm. Now, food is what nourishes us. Food is what gives me energy. Can you imagine me trying to do five podcasts today and not eat anything yesterday or any breakfast this morning? I don't know that I would have the energy for that. Mm-mm. Okay. So 
Jesus made this statement. He said, as the father sent me, I'm sending you. And if you look at what Paul says, he said, hey, we're saved by grace. There's identity. But then the very next verse, he says, for we are his workmanship, creating Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance. That's not just for pastors. That's not just for missionaries. Amen. That's not just for worship leaders. That's for every one of us. And remember again, the parts of the body that aren't seen. So all your pastors, missionaries, worship leaders, we're seeing parts of the body that aren't seen are more valuable. And that's what this book is communicating to men and women. So we only have a few minutes left because like you said, you have five podcast interviews today, which I feel that because I've had days <laughs> like that too. So before we close, I wanted to give you the opportunity to share other than obviously getting this book and reading it, which I think is really important because you are on someone's phone right now, you you have their ear. The person who doesn't think what they are doing is important or purposeful. What would you want to communicate to them? I, what I would say is this, you are called to multiply. God's first commandment to mankind when he put him on the earth was be fruitful and multiply. He wasn't just saying have babies, although that was part of it. He was saying anything I entrust to you, return it back to be multiplied. Now, if you look at what Paul says, we're stewards of these gifts. Mm -hmm. Now, stewards manage what belongs to somebody else. My ability to write is not mine. It actually belongs to God's. But a steward is not micromanaged by the owner. Jesus said he gives these gifts and he goes on a long trip. And then he comes back and sees how they handle those gifts. Mm. And two of them multiplied and they were well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. So Jesus directly equates faithfulness to multiplication. Hmm. And the guy that maintained his gift and didn't use it, invest it, operate in it, he was called lazy and wicked. And don't stumble over the word wicked. These are all three guys in the kingdom. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about our labor. Wicked means possessing a serious fault, which hinders us in our ability to be fruitful. Hmm possessing a serious fault. So he said to him, you possessed a very serious fault. You were afraid. You were intimidated. You didn't know my character. You didn't multiply. You're lazy. You don't ever want the one who came to this earth and died for you, who created you and died for you to look at you and say, you were lazy. Mm. I don't want that for you. I don't ever want that for any one of your listen, the, your listeners, Blake. I, when I say you, I'm not talking to you, Blake. I'm talking to all your listeners. Mm-hmm. I don't want that because Blake, I can tell, man, this woman is really using her gifts. Let her be an example. And not all of you are supposed to have podcasts. Like, like <laughs> matter of fact, maybe one or two of you. You have gifts. And that's why I'm so excited about this book is because it's going to help you identify it. And I want to see you multiply those gifts. So the master looks at you and says, you were faithful. Mm. That's what I would say. Mm. I always say, like, if I had a mic, I would drop it. But I don't want to drop this one because it's expensive. Mm. <laughs> we'll do the sound effect. <laughs> exactly. John, thank you so much for sharing your very precious time with myself and my listeners. I feel, like, filled up and I could, like, run a marathon right now. So. Thank you so much. Oh, Blake, it's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. 
All right. See you next week.